Since 1986, Rich Green Lawns has been the leading lawn fertilization company in the Jersey Shore, providing lawn fertilization, bed weed control, tick and mosquito control, as well as tree and shrub programs. Mention this head and save 50% off your first lawn application. Call or text us today, 732-370-5963, 732-370-5963, or visit richgreenlawns.com. Welcome to Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. Hook, Line, and Splitter is presented by NJR Home Services. And now, here's your host, Greg Giambarisi. Welcome, everybody, to Hook, Line, and Splitter, episode 41, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast. I'm Greg Giambarisi. Thanks so much for joining a special guest today, Blue Claws right-handed pitcher Andrew Schultz, who's had a tremendous year. He missed 2020 of course, with the, the COVID cancellation. And then 2021, he had Tommy John surgery, missed all of that year. And after a, a bit of a bumpy beginning to this season, which he'll talk about, he has just been lights out for the Blue Claws over the last couple of weeks. In fact, since the beginning of May, Schultz has thrown 16 innings. He's allowed only three earned runs. He's walked four and he's struck out 29. And we did the uh, interview last week, but I'm recording this party on the 29th. And last night on the 28th in Wilmington, he threw a one through three inning, struck out two. He has 18 strikeouts in just eight innings so far uh, here in the month of June. So he's really picked it up. Right-handed pitcher from Tennessee, and he'll be our guest coming up in just a little while. Blue Claws are in Wilmington this week, second straight week on the road. They were in Brooklyn last week, and they will be back home here at Shortown Ballpark on Monday night for the 4th of July. Always one of the biggest nights of the year here in Shorttown. Blue Claws will take on the Hudson Valley Renegades. It'll be a six-game series. It starts on July 4th. Tuesday's a day off, and then five games to finish it out Wednesday through Sunday. Wednesday the 6th is a day game, 11.05, and then uh, night games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday of next week, and a 105 game. Sunday we'll do the promo recap uh, on the back end. But we want to get right to our special guest, and that, of course, is Andrew Schultz. But first, a note from a Blue Claws partner, Lightstar Energy Group, a leading energy brokerage firm headquartered in New Jersey. Our goal is to provide clients with premium energy management services to lower electricity and natural gas costs and to provide long-term energy management strategy. We pride ourselves on bringing each and every individual business the same benefits of deregulation enjoyed by universities, municipalities, and all high-volume energy users, tailored products and contracts, lower costs, personal attention, and outstanding service. 732-722-5880. To learn more about Lightstar Energy Group today, our guest on episode 41, Line and Splitter of Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast, Blue Claws pitcher, Andrew Schultz. We're joined by Blue Claws right-handed reliever, Andrew Schultz from Brooklyn, New York. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, like you said, in Brooklyn, we're, we're working, working on that record. Joins us from Brooklyn. He's from Georgia, went to the University of Tennessee. How, how, um, had, have you gotten over the uh, the tough loss? Sorry about that one from your alma mater yeah. last week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really thought they were going to do a little better. I feel like the the way the tournament set up, they could have absolutely gone the whole way. It just that that one super regional, they couldn't get out of there, and then couldn't make it to Omaha. But I think had they made it there, they would have really done some crazy things, which they already did during the season. Yeah, Don't yeah, want to yeah. take away from what they did for sure. Yeah, I mean, o- Omaha's almost. I don't want to call it easier, but there are parts of it that are because it's stretched out more, whereas you end up playing a right. one 
one series, two out of three, anything can happen. That's baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Really hard to beat a team two times in a row. Yeah, obviously a good team. So, um, first of all, how, how you feeling? You you missed 2021 after the surgery. So, I know there was a lot of buildup for you because nobody pitched in 2020. So, right. you know, three months into this season, uh, about halfway home, how do you feel? I feel great. Uh, it's really nice to have the, the healthy elbow. Um, that was definitely the main concern going into this season. Just wanted to make sure I was able to get through an entire season, you know, because I had yet to play one, even in 19. That was really only half a year that I was with you guys up in Lakewood. So that's been the main focus, and I feel great. Body feels awesome. Uh, started, obviously, to pitch a lot better the last, like, month, month and a half. So that's been a relief. Um, it's been fun, too. That's the main thing. It's fun to be back out on the field. Yeah, I was talking to Ben Brown a little a couple of weeks ago, and he had – Missed some time in 2019, and then 2020, and then 2021. He he was hurt. He pitched a little bit, but not much. And said one of the 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 best thing besides just actually being healthy was just being out there with teammates and having some guys behind yeah. you and having a target. You know, try to win a win a ball game. How to you know get a guy out, throw a scoreless inning, th- that kind of Absolutely. thing. Just being around people, the camaraderie. Um, do you kind of yeah. feel the same way? Absolutely, I do. Yeah. And it- he would definitely agree that it's a lot different being in a live AB, you know, down in our spring training facility versus being in a game, especially in Lakewood where we get a lot of fans and people are cheering and it's loud and you've got, it's, it's definitely different, but it's an awesome experience. I'm glad to be back in it. So you start um, with the team this year and you hadn't pitched in, you know, two and a half calendar years in a, yeah. you know, in a real game. And then, you know, you look at the the way April went and you look at since the beginning of May, you know, just looking at the, just look at the walks, man, you would walk at least one yeah. guy in, in each of your April outings, but since then only two, you kind of just feel like you're just getting your um, kind of get, you know, it just took a little while to get your legs underneath. Yeah. I, I think it was a little bit of that. I think, um, I think I was trying to do a little way too much, trying to be nastier than I needed to be trying to, proved to everybody that I'm still the same guy that I was two years ago. And I think I just got a lot more comfortable being out there on the mound and just trusting myself and trusting the stuff that I have and knowing that I can get people out wherever. So, you know, obviously primarily fastball slider, which of the two pitches did it take longer to get back to a hundred percent? I would say the slider, the fastball has always felt pretty good. Um, the command of the fastball took a little bit longer, but the slider, I was kind of throwing it slower at the beginning of the year and it was a little loopier and I've kind of just tightened it up, shortened it up. And I feel like I can throw it hard and I'm comfortable throwing it hard now. And I feel like I've got a little better command with it, which has really been a difference maker. Absolutely. So when you say tighten it up, what do you mean by that? And then how do you go about doing that? Yeah. So I was kind of like creating it in the back of my mechanics, trying to throw it like behind my head and it was popping out super big. So I've really just thought, keep it tight as possible and throw it way out in front of my body. And even if it only moves, you know, a few inches, but it's closer to 90. I'm, I'm a lot more pleased with that versus the big 84 loopers that I was throwing in at the beginning of the year. Yeah. You know, it's 10 or 12 miles, you know, nine, 10, 11 miles an hour slower than the fastball. It does. It, it's, it has, it's the, the speed is an asset as much as the movement, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The less time they have to think about which one it is, the better it is. So do you bring that into the, you know, the, the quote unquote lab? Like when do they, do you go over the, the spin rates and all that from your bullpen sessions between outings or even from your game outings? 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's been a big thing too with coming back from my injury. I've been kind of just going two outings a week right now, trying to monitor everything. So I've had that time in between to be able to work on stuff. And Bergie's been awesome. We've every single time, at least once to twice in between my outings, I get off the mound and I feel out those pitches and they set up the track, man. I get to look at some of that stuff. So absolutely. We, we do always checkpoint that stuff. And I think it's important too. Were you exposed to that kind of data information when you were in college? Uh, so I think like at, right as I was getting in to like the draft and about to leave Tennessee, we were get we were starting it. We had a, like an analytics department of three, four people and it was only growing. They were buying the Hawkeye like we have at in Tennessee? Uh, Lakewood. Yeah. At Tennessee. Oh, yeah. yeah so the, yeah, they definitely, they were, they were doing it and I know they're still doing it to this day. And I mean, it shows their pitchers this year have been incredible. So were you always kind of like mathematically inclined? Did you embrace it quickly? Uh, so definitely not at first. I was kind of, I wasn't opposed to, but I was just like, oh, I don't need to look at that. And um, I met Albertus Barber, who you remember yeah, probably from 2019. Sure. Yeah. And uh, he's super into it, went to driveline, kind of, that's how he made himself. And he kind of walked me through some things, showed me some stuff. And I was kind of like, dang, like this can be a really helpful tool. Like, why would I ever turn anything away that might give me an extra edge on someone else, you know? Mm-hmm. So who is a, who is a pitcher that you like to model yourself after? Um, right now, if we're talking current, somebody I love to watch at least is just Josh Hader. I know that he's lefty. I'm righty, but yep. he's just electric. And I love the, the way he throws and goes about everything. And he's a reliever too. So that's kind of nice. To see somebody like that. Yeah, but you had to smile when the Phillies got him for a couple homers the other day, right? Yeah, Veerling, Veerling got him, and uh, who was it? Veerling and um, Schwarber. It might have been. It was someone. It was one of our asses for sure. Maybe been Stock. Yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't Stock, but it was one of the asses for sure. We got a few of them. Oh, it was Boom. Boom. Okay. I think. Well, I'll find it. But um, mm. as as we talk here, so go the other night in in Lakewood. Um, you end up striking out four guys in an inning. I asked you before, had that, uh, had you ever done that? When did, when did you do that once before? So I honestly, I was thinking about it after you said it. I think I've probably done it a couple times because I've always kind of, always kind of thrown hard and had pretty good stuff. So it's not normally, like I said, the catcher's fault, but I normally tend to throw something that's good enough to where the hitter thinks it's a strike, but it's also well out of the zone. So I've done, I've definitely done it a couple times, especially in high school when, everybody's kind of swinging at everything. And it's not easy to catch a, whatever you were throwing in high school, 86 mile an hour slider in high school. Yeah. It was Alec Bowman. It was Alec Bowman. So let's go back. So you get drafted, you were the blue clause in 2019, Mm -hmm. kind of just get your feet wet. You have about eight or nine outings and then 2020 happens. So you got hurt that year. You know um, what happened? Did you realize when you threw the pitch, what, had happened, or did you yeah. have to go to the? Uh, I mean, you have to go to the doctor. But did you right. know when? When? Uh, did you know when you threw it? I had a I had a pretty good feeling that, that it. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew something wasn't right. Um, so I was actually back in Tennessee, back home at that point. We had left spring training. Um, I was living with Garrett Crochet and I. We were doing our live VPs on like a probably a Friday, Saturday. I couldn't tell you exactly, but just threw a pitch and it, it didn't feel right. I threw the rest of the, the outing. And for probably about a week, I tried to keep throwing and see how it felt. And the weekend came around probably 
exactly a week from the day that I thought I heard it, I couldn't throw the ball 60 feet. And I was like, all right, I, I got, I got to let somebody know. I just went to the Tennessee medical people actually really helped me out and they got me into an MRI the next day and found out it was torn and was going to have to have the surgery. But you know, that's part of it. I mean, especially baseball now, people throw harder and that definitely has something to do with it. And, you know, it's part of the game. I feel great now. And I, I honestly think that that rehab process was good for me. I think I got a lot out of it. Like learned a lot about myself as a pitcher and as an athlete. So it was definitely a good, good turn of events for, for well, what it was. What did you learn? How did you kill the time? You know, obviously there's limited stuff that you can do, but what, how did you learn? Definitely. So we had an awesome rehab staff when I was down there. We, uh, I basically did the whole thing in Clearwater, Florida. I spent about a month in Tennessee um, during the holidays with John Dean, a physical therapist there. But most of the time was spent with Alex Blum, Cesar Ramos, all down there in Clearwater. And it was just awesome. And they, were, they both had so much knowledge. I was able to, all the deficiencies that I had, like in my mechanics, my body, we were able to work through them all. And basically, not unlimited, but a, a basically unlimited timeline. So it was able to focus on one thing for a month. Like, dang, I feel really comfortable with that. You know, let's stretch it. Let's try to do this now. I'm like, all right, that feels really good. Let's work on this. I was able, able to kind of build some stability because I've always been a good athlete, like really springy, but yeah. I wasn't necessarily the most stable. And I, I really worked on a lot of that. And I think it helped. What, what are your fears while this is all going on? Like, you know, you obviously have a big arm. Yeah. Are you nervous yeah. that, the velocity is not going to come all the way back. I know, even though absolutely. I know in most cases it does, but in, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. You absolutely. And yeah, that was a very realistic fear daily. <laughs> I would wake some days I would wake up and be like, am I ever going to be good at baseball again? Cause you know, you just don't know, especially before you're throwing again and you're just working out and, you know, trying to get your arm back to those ranges of motions where you're even healthy enough to throw a baseball. You're just like, oh, I, I hope it all works out. But once I started throwing, you know, things kind of soothed out and I felt a lot more comfortable. I felt like I knew that, all right, like if I just stick to this process and listen to these guys, like I will, even if I don't throw 102 again, I'm going to be a really good baseball pitcher and able to get people out again. So I just kind of bought into that process. But you can still get a guy out at 98. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) But 102 is better. Yeah, 102 is better. Yeah, uh, that, that's that is a goal. I want to eventually get back to that velo, but this year I've I've touched 100 a couple times, but I've been a lot more focused on, like you said, just throwing it to my spots and trusting my pitches. That way, not walking as many people like I was at the beginning of the year. Sure. Do you think your slider is better now than it was in 2019? Like when you came in? I do. I, I think it was good in 2019, but I think it was really inconsistent. And I think that now I have a much better feel of where to start it for a strike versus where to start it for like I was throwing the other day, like the put away pitches kind of that people will wave at, even though they're not, they don't look pretty, but they start in the strike zone and they come right out at the end. So I, I has, definitely think yeah. it's better now. That game the other night, you know, it seemed like a couple guys got on base early. You had some deep counts, mm-hmm. the first couple of batters of the inning. And then you finished up with a, with a few strikeouts, almost like it kind of just yeah. clicked in, you know, three yeah, or four batters into the inning. Absolutely. I, I really feel like that slider has been a weapon. It's been, like it, whenever I get into trouble, I can, I feel comfortable enough to break off eight of them in a row and that they really won't do any damage to them, even if they know they're coming. Um, obviously you don't want to do that all the time or they'll start sitting on it, but I, I really feel confident in that pitch. When you were, um, 
when you're growing up outside of Atlanta in the Georgia area, you know, in Georgia, how'd you end up in Tennessee? Uh, so actually whole family, my mom, dad, aunts, uncles, grandparents, all of them live in Tennessee. Mom was a Tennessee grad. My dad went to LMU, which is a small school, 30 minutes away from Tennessee and their parents both still live there. So it was kind of a no brainer for me. It was a, like a dream school that I was kind of waiting the whole time for them to kind of step into the recruiting process. Cause I knew as soon as they did that, I wasn't going to go anywhere else. What were, what were some other schools that you considered? Um, I really, I really considered Georgia. I love Georgia. Um, Coastal Carolina. I was big on them. They just had a beautiful campus and yeah. the coaching staff there was really awesome. Did they uh, win? And they won the college well. world series yeah, either right before it. you would have gotten there or right. I around. think it was, one yeah. year before that I went on like the visit to go check it out. And, uh, yeah. and they got that, that football field with the teal turf that I thought was like the coolest thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are your, um, what are your goals for the rest of the season? Uh, kind of like I was touching on earlier. Like I, I want to make sure like I get through this whole season and I'm able to play a full hundred and some games as, as we have to, because that's that's a grind. It's a lot different than a college season where you play, you know, three games on a weekend, maybe one on a Tuesday. Um, so definitely there. And I, I want to just continue to keep climbing, you know, hopefully get some call up at some point to somewhere during the season. I mean, I, if I stay here the whole time, that's fine, too, though. You know, I just, I just want to keep pitching. <laughs> I want to pitch yeah. a full season and know that I can do that because I've never done it yet. So and that's I mean, important. everybody missed the game for a year, but you missed, you had to miss it for two. And that's yeah, a lot right. at, at, you know, at, at your age, just mentally, right? Forget right, yeah, physically, mentally, mentally, mentally yeah. All, but mentally, yeah, it was very draining. I mean, those two years just <laughs> sitting around, live ABs are nice, but the, you know, like I said earlier, it's not the real thing, you know, nothing like getting in there with the fans and another opposing teammate in the box. And you were able to pitch right at instructional league last fall. Yeah, I did. That was like my first game kind of experience of probably three or four innings I got to pitch, but that was still like my first taste. And it was like, it was really fun. It was awesome. It was good to get to do that. And then kind of set me up for spring training and just started rolling the ball. The the Phillies have not, not a lot of not, the Phillies have some different people in the development department now than they did when, when you came in, uh, obviously yeah. your pitching coach in 19 was Matt Hockenberry. He's in Reading Now Brad has right. been with the, in the system for a while, but you know, they, they have some new guys, Travis is new and some others. How how is how what they teach or the way they teach uh, the the pitchers evolved over the three years now that since you've been in the system? Definitely. Um, So when I got here, obviously that was like when analytics and stuff were really starting to blow up. That not necessarily in nineteen, but just like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Like it was growing, and it's still got. We definitely still look at a lot of that stuff. Mark Lowy, Brian Kaplan were some additions this year that I actually was lucky enough to work with in rehab before they were officially hired. They were kind of like consultants for us. And they focus a lot on how can you work on your body and change things athletically to clean up the analytics by themselves without kind of forcing something that, you know, you're not necessarily prepared for. And I've been a big fan of that because I, I do enjoy working out and going to the gym and stuff. So I can kind of know that I'm working on baseball and getting better at that while also working out. You played uh, football. I know growing up, did you have the opportunity to play football in, in college too? Uh, I, I definitely think that I would have. We had an incredible high school team, so I actually never got to play a full season as a starter. 
Um, I shattered my ankle my junior year and I threw so hard in baseball that I was like, uh, we'll have to stop. Yeah. But, but here's a fun fact. It was Davis Mills was our quarterback. Uh, Darius Satan was one of the wide receivers. Um, Khalif Raymond was one of the wide receivers. We, we, it was like an incredible team. So it was super fun to be around, but I wasn't that caliber of football yeah. player. <laughs> and you played, what so position did you, start, you, you know, played receiver, I, right? I was, yeah, I was a slot back and a safety. Probably a little better at safety because I couldn't catch as well as those guys. <laughs> did you like hitting? I did like hitting too. You don't get to I do did. that here. No, I do not. I wish we did. <laughs> you can pitch run something. one part. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so that is uh, that's all I got for you. I appreciate a few minutes and keep yeah, up the uh, keep up the good work. So what what what's your between? Because I know now you know you'll have a, at least today probably uh, two days without getting in the game you pitched last night on Tuesday. Yeah. So what what's kind of your between outing routine? Yeah, so normally I'll go straight from the game up to the weight room, like if we're at home in Lakewood and work out. But we don't have that luxury here. So this morning we walked over to a gym like five, 10 minutes away from the hotel, got like an hour, hour and a half workout in and then go to the field and get a little bit of throwing in. Don't want to stress the arm too much. So sure. like you said, I threw yesterday, but get a little work in. And then tomorrow will kind of be a heavier throwing day, a little lighter lift to kind of get that field back and work on some pitches some things that were a little off and then right back at it on Friday, ready to go again. Well, well actually one other thing, you guys have some big time fastballs now in that, um, in that pitching room and you, you've had oh, all yeah. year with, with Abel and now, you know, you throw painter in and, yeah. um, you know, Baker's got a huge arm, a few other oh, McGarry's yeah. got a big arm. Yeah. So how do you compare your, your arm, your fastball to some of those guys? Oh, shoot, man. Uh, painter is one of the craziest things I've really ever seen to be his age and as big as he is and throw the ball like that. I mean, it's really special. Same with Abel, same with Abel. They're both young and, they're going to be really special. I'm excited to see where their careers go. And Baker, too. I mean, he's he's definitely a little older than them, but he's strong. You can tell they both have great – they all have great work ethics, too. Um, McGarry's nasty. McGarry, he's, yeah. He's today. Yeah. He is, yeah, he's he's in the zone. Nobody's hitting him, which is really you, fun to watch. Painter and Abel are only 19 and, and 20. How old were, were yeah. you – or Painter's 19, Abel's 20. How old how, – how are you throwing it? At that age, when I when I was nineteen, I would probably hit ninety eight every once in a while. But they consistently, week in week out, are touching ninety nine to one hundred, which is just mind blowing. <laughs> Not a yeah. lot of people were doing that when I was that age. I don't at least think you don't actually have, anybody, maybe one person. <laughs> at least yeah. you don't have to hit oh. against. Oh gosh, <laughs> I no would make right? extremely silly. Yeah, no thanks. But you were a good hitter. I saw. Up. I looked it up. You were a good yeah, hitter. Yeah. I was, I was a good hitter. I, uh, I loved playing defense too. Um, I got to Tennessee though. And like, that was the main issue. People throwing hard. I couldn't hit the below as well. And I trying to go both at- too. I, I was, I actually, I did some defensive stuff at Tennessee. I was like, a. they'd have me do base running and defensive, like in and out working in the outfield just in case. Cause on the road, you can't bring the full roster. So things got crazy. I probably would have been one of the first pitchers to get out there for sure. Makes sense. Well, Andrew, yeah, thanks cool. so much for a few minutes. Thank Keep you. up the good work and uh, good luck this week. I appreciate it, man. Thanks.
Build out a summer of fun with your own 2022 Jersey Shore Blue Claws mini plan. Five of the best games of the year. Plus, you'll get dinner and dessert at each game. Boardwalk game tickets at each game. An exclusive season ticket holder gift. Complimentary tickets to opening night at the Jersey Shore. April 8th, presented by Jenkinson's Boardwalk 2. Log on to BlueCloss.com slash memberships today or call 732-901-7000, option 3, and tell them hook, line, and splitter sent you. 732-901-7000, option 3, or BlueCloss.com slash memberships. BlueCloss fans, the Phillies' future is here with MILB TV. With all home and most road games streamed live, the only way to watch the BlueCloss on any device this season is on MILB.TV. Subscribe today to watch over 6,500 games, including all available playoff games from over 100 minor league baseball teams live or on demand. Download the MILB First Pitch app from the Google Play or Apple App Store to watch the go. Use promo code BLUECLAWS at checkout to save $10 on your yearly subscription. Visit MILB.TV for details today. Thanks to Andrew Schultz for joining us here on Episode 41. Uh, you know He was great. He, he's been pitching really well. And, you know, you could tell it just took him a little while to settle in this year. He hadn't pitched in a competitive game since September of 2019, all the way through until his first appearance this year, which was on opening night, April 8th of 2022. So basically, you know, 30 months between outings, except for, you know, a few games in spring training and in, in, uh, in the instructional league last fall. But he has uh, he's come back really well. He talked about um, kind of adjusting the slider that that he throws, which is. His, his out pitch, you know, he throws 100 miles an hour, 98 miles an hour. But, you know, that 90-mile-an-hour slider, which is a little, he said he described it as a, a tighter slider, a little sharper uh, break and less loopy than what he had been throwing at the beginning of the year, uh, you know, he feels has made a, a big help for him. And he's a, he's a great guy, and we're happy to see him having uh, a lot of success in light of his injury at the beginning of the year. And, and frankly, he could get... Uh, some save opportunities here for the Blue Claws as we move along into the second half of the season now. He had a save opportunity at opening night against Aberdeen that didn't go well, but then kind of Jason Ruffcorn emerged. Aiden Anderson has gotten some save chances in June. He has five saves in June, but I don't see why Schultz couldn't get some more uh, moving forward. Now, of course, he's on a bit of a more, uh, a bit of a stricter schedule because of the, the Tommy John surgery that he's coming back from. So, you know, when he pitches, unlike most relievers, which is in many cases dictated by the game, you know, he's kind of operating on a, you know, a couple-day-a-week schedule. So it's a, it's a little bit different, but, I, again, I wouldn't be surprised that he gets some, if he got some safe situations, uh, safe chances here coming up over the next few weeks. So July, uh, looking ahead for the Blue Claws, they will have only nine home games in the month of July, it's a bit of a unique schedule this month because minor league baseball will take the MLB All-Star break, which will begin July 25th. So Sunday the 24th will be the last game of a three-game series with Brooklyn. And then instead of playing uh, or the week before, I should say, really the uh, the 18th. So the Blue Claws will play in... Aberdeen on the 17th, and then come back for a three-game series with Brooklyn the 22nd, 23rd, 24th, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But that week is the MLB All-Star break, so they'll have the draft, the home run derby, the All-Star game, and the like. And minor league baseball will take the same break that Major League Baseball does. So instead of two six-game series it's at home, it's kind of a series and a half, and that leaves you with 
uh, th- this week here with July 4th, and then a three-game series with Brooklyn. So quickly, we'll do the uh, the promo rundown for you. It's actually kind of cool uh, the way it worked out. A lot of great stuff going on the whole month of July here in Shortown. So we'll have, obviously, July 4th will be the first game, and that's the biggest post-game fireworks show of the season. Camping World is sponsored there. So tickets going fast for that at blueclaws.com, July 4th in Shortown. You want to join us uh, for that one. July 6th is a morning game, 11.05, and there's a day off Tuesday. So this week they'll play a day. They'll play on Monday off Tuesday and then Wednesday through Sunday instead of the normal schedule of Tuesday through Sunday, and that, of course, is to get the team's uh, home games on the 4th of July, which is one of the bigger days of the year in not just – Major League Baseball, but Minor League Baseball as well. It's probably a bigger day, relatively speaking, in Minor League Baseball than it is in Major League Baseball. No different here. We'll have the postgame fireworks uh, after the game. Wednesday, Camp Day 11.05, and then Thursday night, Military Appreciation Night, which is presented by Ocean First Bank. That will begin 7.05. It's obviously Thursday, Thursday. There'll be a lot of military ceremonies and the like going on at that ball game. The Blue Claws players are going to wear specialty jerseys, and you can see these on our website, and uh, we posted them on our social media channels the other day. They're American flag-style um, jerseys with soldiers raising the flag at Iwo Jima in, on the front, and then, then those um, jerseys will be worn by the players that night. On the back of the jersey are the names of fallen soldiers, most of whom are from New Jersey, and those jerseys will be presented by the players to the families at the end of the ball game next Thursday. So that'll be a spe- special night, and you'll definitely want to be there for that. Next Friday is July 8th. That's Italian Heritage Night. Postgame fireworks there, too. Saturday, the 9th, is Irish Heritage Night. First 1,500 fans get a Blue Claws Irish cap thanks to New Jersey Natural Gas. Live music in the sandbar. Next Thursday as well, that is from Almost U2, Bellsbury Summer Concert Series. They will play from 6.15 to 9 p.m. as part of the uh, Bellsbury Summer Concert Series, Irish Heritage Night food and drink specials there. And then Sunday, Medusa's Day, Jersey Shore, plus all the Kids' Day festivities as well. So that'll be the 10th. And then Blue Claws will go to Aberdeen, then the break, and then they'll come back on Friday the 22nd. Marvel Night with Thor. 23rd is Bruce Springsteen Night, Bruce Claus Night, and then Sunday, more Kids Day festivities. Uh, if Last year, if you remember on this podcast, and we'll have, we're going to have him on again, uh, we talked to our buddy Tom Cunningham of 1071, the boss in the Bruce Brunch. Tom was awesome. He's a Springsteen historian, and he's hosted the Bruce Brunch for t- almost 20 years. They're closing in, I think, on... Um, on a thousand episodes of the Bruce Brunch. So I'm going on with Tom on Sunday the 3rd on 107.1 The Boss, 9 to 11. I'm not sure what time I'll be on, but I'll be on with Tom. And then we'll have Tom on this podcast uh, later on to talk Bruce Claus and and Springsteen and all that, um, as we did last year before that game. So that'll be on July 23rd. And then again, check it out on uh, on July 3rd on uh, 107.1 The Boss. Jersey auction for that as well. So... A lot going on. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Hook, line, and splitter episode 41. Hard to believe we've done so many. NJR Home Services, your local heating and cooling experts with thousands of five-star reviews. When it comes to your comfort, trust your home to the local heating and cooling experts. NJR Home Services. 
Sports.com. I'm Greg Jamborisi. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thanks to Andrew Schultz for joining us here on episode 41, Hook, Line, and Splitter, a Jersey Shore Blue Claws podcast.